Hi there, I'm Vincent Boss and I provide dating and self-improvement advice. And in today's podcast, we're going to be discussing how to get your ex back after begging and pleading. I provide audio coaching for breakup recovery, trying to get an ex back, attracting someone new and life coaching. Visit www.dateme.tips for more details. Please check your spam and junk folders if you are expecting an email from me. So now let's get back into today's podcast. And today we are discussing how to get your ex back after begging and pleading. So if you have been dumped and want to try to get your ex back, one of the things you would have heard lots of people say is don't plead, don't beg. If you want to get your ex back, you can't be doing these things. But what if you've already done them? What if you've already begged and pleaded and now you're finding out that this probably wasn't the best move? In today's podcast, I'm going to be giving you three steps to follow if you've begged and pleaded your ex and now you want to change course and try and get them back a different way. So let's get straight into this. And point number one is stop. Now, this might sound obvious, but sometimes people perpetuate begging and pleading without really understanding that that is exactly what they're doing. And what I mean by this is that if you begged and pleaded with your ex to come back towards you and now you're realising that this perhaps wasn't the best move and you want to change tact, you want to change course and you're looking for steps of what to do, it's so important that you just stop. Because what some people will do is actually try to reach out to their ex again and say, I'm sorry for hassling you. I'm sorry for over-texting you. I'm sorry for all of those missed calls. I'm sorry for knocking on your door. Yes, it was me if you wondered. If you saw me on your CCTV, yes, that's why I was trying to get you back and, you know, I, it was a mistake. I'm sorry I'm going to leave you be now. All of those things actually do happen. You know, you will have people in a position who are begging and pleading. They're not getting the results that they hope for. They recognise or find out that this wasn't the best move. They want to try something new. When they find out that begging and pleading needs to be stopped, instead of literally stopping, sometimes people will actually then want to apologise for the begging and pleading. And unfortunately, that constitutes as begging and pleading. Because in a sense... You're now begging and pleading for forgiveness for begging and pleading momentarily ago. So you can see how this can become a loop, a negative cycle, a situation where you're still not stopping, but you need to stop now. So if you feel that you've been over texting your ex, and in most instances, that's any texting at all. You know, it's not as if I would suggest that you can text your ex, but only once a day. Make sure you don't go two, three, four times. No. You know, in most instances, I believe that if you've been dumped, you should never contact your ex again unless they contact you first. And that's my whole point of today's podcast, how to get your ex back after begging and pleading. If you are one of those people who have begged, who have pleaded, who have said to your ex, please, I'll do anything if you just come back to me. Please, I'm only half a person without you. If you've done these types of things... If you've been begging and saying that you're not good enough, 
if you've been pleading, if you've been pestering, if you've been annoying, if you've been doing these types of things, which also, by the way, counts as if you've wrote them a letter. You know, some people think, oh, I didn't beg and I didn't plead. I didn't text my ex. I just wrote them a, a letter which was 17 pages long and posted it to them. Okay, that is the same. Once the dust has settled from a breakup, you need to implement my version of a no-contact rule to give you that best possible chance of success. And if you're not familiar with my version of a the rule, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel, check out the playlists that I have on my channel, including one which is called the no-contact rule. And if you listen to that all the way through, you'll be able to fully immerse yourself in my version of a rule and understand why I believe it will give you that best possible chance of success. That's what you need to be doing. Whether or not you're knocking on their door or whether you're writing them a long letter, once the breakup has been settled, the dust has settled, everything is clear, they do not want to continue in the relationship, you can't keep going. You know, that doesn't mean that at the time of a breakup you can't say your piece. You know, I've been very clear in previous podcasts in my belief that during the breakup you can say your piece. Now, that doesn't mean that you devalue yourself, but it does mean that you can explain why you don't think the relationship should end. It does include the fact that if you feel you need to apologise for something, this is the time to apologise. But you shouldn't be going on and on and on and on and on after your now ex, unfortunately, has heard what you've had to say and say, look, I'm sorry, I still want to end this. At that point, that's when I suggest you implement my version of a no-contact rule. So when we look at this overall, and you might be in a position where you have kept going, whether it is writing a letter, sending him a text, making him a phone call, whatever it may be, if you begged, if you pleaded, if you hassled, you need to just stop. And that also includes making sure that you don't think, okay, I will stop, but I just need to apologise one more time for the begging and the pleading. No, you don't. You don't need to beg. You don't need to plead. You don't need to do anything else anymore. Please just stop now. So now let's get into point number two and the second point of today's podcast. Please like this video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And point number two is repaint the picture. And when I say repaint the picture, what in essence I'm describing here is you need to be reevaluating who you are as a person, what your ex thinks of you, and try to make positive changes in that regard. Now I would suggest that the best course of action from this point is to make unexpected but positive changes. So this doesn't mean unexpected crazy changes, some of which could be seen as negative. No, not at all. Okay, if you can't make any changes unless they're negative, you shouldn't be making any changes at all. You can only make changes if they are positive, but if you can, and of course you can, everybody can make positive change, make sure that they're unexpected. You shouldn't be making changes which your ex expects you to make and nothing more. Now, obviously, you want to be making positive changes across the board, and some of them might be changes that your ex does somewhat think you should be doing. Maybe they told you to make these changes, and you never did. I'm not saying you can't make those changes. If your ex told you you've got to stop gambling, for instance, you need to stop gambling. If that's something that you believe is affecting your life negatively, and you think it's going to help you, which the likelihood is it would... You need to stop that. Now, of course, that's just one example of a million trillion examples there could be. So it's not about avoiding the changes that your ex wants you to do, but it's about doing those, but also making unexpected changes as long as they're positive. And the reason I say this is because your ex believes that they know you inside and out. 
They believe they know your next move. They believe they know what you're doing tomorrow. They believe they know what you're doing next month. They believe that they know you completely. And unfortunately, you are not the type of person right now that they want to be in a long-lasting, loving relationship with. It doesn't mean that they didn't want to in the past. But sadly, right now, they don't want to. And if you want to try to get your ex back, you need that to change. You need that perception and that concept and that thought process that your ex has towards you. You need that to have evolved to being somewhat surprised in a happy, positive way. So this isn't something that you can necessarily just think of right now, but you can certainly start. It's going to take time. Maybe you want to ask your friends and family for some suggestions. Maybe you want to speak with myself. Whatever you want to do from here, you need to start the ball rolling. You need to start the process. You need to understand that if you're going to get your ex back, you can't be the same person that they dumped. So like I said, you know, you might want to be making changes that perhaps your ex suggested you did, as long as you think that this could certainly be of benefit to you and the wider life that you want to live, not just about your ex. It can't just be about them, but if they've suggested it and you think they're right, yes, make those changes, but also make unexpected changes. Go down new paths, go down different ways of your life, which you can do in a positive, improved way, which makes you seem more interesting, more exciting, more intelligent, perhaps, more creative, fitter, healthier. Every single angle is fine as long as you find an angle or more. It's not just about doing one thing. You know, if you can find multiple ways to change, improve and grow, then you can certainly get to that version 2.0 that I speak about. Your ex is not going to get back with you if you remain version one. They dumped version one. And perhaps right now you've actually shrank back to version 0.5. If you're version 0.5 right now, then you've got to get back to version one and then push forward. You know what I'm saying here? You need to repaint the picture. Your ex has a picture of you in their mind. And when they think of you, they have an image. You need to repaint that picture in their mind in a positive way. And they will find out about this through various potential means, but certainly not you contacting your ex. That, of course, would not help you, unless you're in the very rare circumstances where you still have to interact. Perhaps you work together, perhaps you have children together, and therefore you might see one another still, and they might passively see those changes. Unless you're in those rare examples, your ex-bedumper will find out through other means, such as friends of friends, such as social media, or other ways that maybe perhaps me and you can speak about via my audio coaching service. Now, if you are somebody who wants support from me, if you want to try and increase the chance of one day getting your ex back, then you may want to consider my audio coaching service, where me and you can speak one-on-one about your unique, specific situation. Go to my website, www.dateme.tips, for more information about how I can become your coach and your teammates via my audio coaching service. So now let's get into point number three and the final point of today's podcast about how to get your ex back after begging and pleading. And point number three is don't trip up. So point number three is so important because sometimes you can be moving through these points and the other ideas and concepts that I've spoke about in other podcasts and you might be doing brilliant. You might be doing really well. You might be thinking, well, this is easier than I thought. I'm going to achieve my goal. But then when you least expect it, you make an error. You trip up. And it's so important, but you don't trip up. And I'm going to give you some examples of what I mean by this. 
And often it actually comes when you're on the home straight, you know, when you actually think I'm about to get my ex back and then unfortunately you make that mistake. So let's just say, for instance, your ex bedumper texts you. They send you a text which is unnecessary and therefore it's a really good sign because they didn't have to message you, but they have. At this point, lots of dumpies get very, very excited. And of course you should. It's a time to celebrate in your mind reaching the milestone of moving from the no contact stage to the communication stage. Well done, but you haven't yet got your ex back. And one of the examples I'm going to give right now of how you might trip up is if your expert on protects you and you respond back to them within 30 seconds. That can be a huge, huge mistake. Firstly, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, your expert dumper is going to think, oh, my dumpy's keen. You know, we haven't spoken six months and they've replied to me. It feels like seconds after I sent the message. Okay, maybe they're always going to be there for me, even though I haven't heard from them in a while. Maybe they are just going to be there for me. So, you know, I don't really have to worry about kind of getting back with them anytime soon. I can just leave them as a backup option. Now, that is an extreme example, but sometimes it can happen. So you need to make sure that your expert dumper doesn't feel that they've got you whenever they want you. Now, I'm not saying that you should behave in a game-playing way and say, look, I'm not going to reply to my ex for two days, okay? We are now in the year 2023. That's when I'm recording this podcast. Maybe you're going to be listening to this further into the future. But we're no longer... In the year 2000, you know, communication is almost instant, if not always instant. And what I mean by this is that there's very little excuse as for why you wouldn't respond in a somewhat timely manner. You know, you don't have to reply in 30 seconds. Like I said, that's a bad move. But if you respond in two days time, it looks like you're playing games. Everybody has 30 seconds in their day to send a response. I mean, not only might your ex actually know that you have read the message theoretically because we now have read receipts and things such as that, but they know deep down that you could reply. So if you don't, it looks like you're playing games. It's not like the year 2000 where your ex may have texted you and perhaps legitimately it didn't actually come through for three days because back then text messages were not reliable, especially when we got to periods of time such as like New Year's Eve or days when there was a lot of text being sent, text messages could actually get lost, it seemed. This isn't the case now. A message via an app in particular is going to go through almost instantly or as soon as you have an internet connection. It's not going to be the case where it gets lost. So if you get the message and you don't reply for a couple of days, it's not going to look good. And therefore, I do suggest as a dumpy, if you receive a text from your ex, you respond that same day. Now look, if they send you a text at 9 p.m. at night, then maybe you can leave it to the following day. That's understandable. But if you get a text message at 9 a.m., you need to be making sure that by the end of the day you've responded. And I would say respond within a few hours, especially you know if you're busy, make sure you finish what you're doing. But if you're not busy, just be realistic about it. Imagine you've received a text from your friend. How long would you leave it? You know, Maybe you'd leave it an hour or so. That's absolutely fine in this day and age. You don't have to leave it a ridiculous amount of time to try and gain the control of the connection and hold the frame. That's not going to work nowadays. It's going to show you as a game player and they're going to know once again that they've got you where they want you. So don't reply after 10 seconds and don't reply days later. Make sure it's the same day 
few hours later, an hour or so maybe, even it could be as little as that. That is absolutely fine. Now there are other ways that you might trip up unfortunately. I'm going to give one more example today to try and help you avoid that potential situation. Let's just say for instance that you do meet up with your ex. Congratulations, you know you've moved from no contact to communication to meeting up. That is wonderful. The problem that some dumpies find at this point is that they then begin to start texting and definitely over texting their ex at this stage. They think the job's done. It's not. Now, I'm not saying that after you've met one or two times, but you can't, for whatever reason, send the first message in a conversation. That is something which can naturally happen. But if you've just arranged to meet for the first time, you shouldn't be texting your ex first, in my opinion. Arrange the time, day, location. I mean, at that point, you don't text them unless they text you first. You go and you meet. You know, you've made the date, you've made the plan during that actual conversation you're having, and then at that point, you don't speak unless they speak to you until you see them on the meet. If you believe that this podcast has helped you, then please consider buying me a coffee. The link to do so is in the description.